Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to two great events. Now, you're going to need to sign up for these at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, but the events are August the 8th and August 22nd. On August the 8th, I'll be in Miami, Florida, and I will be doing strategic church growth strategic church growth. I'll be doing the same thing on August 22nd in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And the reason I mention this is that I have been in over a hundred churches over the last 20 months. During that period of time, there are things that have stood out to me about why some churches thrive and why some churches struggle. And in this conference, I will be attacking and beginning to distill the thoughts along that. If you're a pastor, you want to be there. You want to be a part of this because I'm going to go into detail about various barriers of church growth, but also the things that are the keys to growing beyond those barriers, but also the things that become lids that keep you in those areas. So on August the 8th in Miami, August 22nd in Pittsburgh, August the 8th, I'll be with Frank Lopez. August the 22nd, I will be with John Nuzzo. These are great men of God. I want you to join me. You can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries. Uh, dot com, and you can sign up there. Hey, I also want to tell all of you in the North Dallas area. Now, if you're outside the North Dallas area, this won't work for you. But if you're inside the North Dallas area, uh, we are starting a school of leadership. After 40 years, I'm now in a position to do something that I feel God has asked me to do, to develop leaders that will be leaders in church, leaders in the community, and leaders in business. And I want to encourage you, if you want to take an intensive journey on leadership, this is where you need to go. Now, you can go to gbsl.org, gbsl.org, and you can find out more and sign up. Hey, today I want to talk to you about the internals of leadership, the internals of leadership. Um, the internals of leadership are just so critical, and, and they really, really are the sustaining qualities of an effective vibrant leader. If you're going to lead, you're going to lead for the long term, you're going to lead effectively, and you are going to lead with influence and impact, then you've got to master the internals of leadership. Now, let me just start by giving you an analogy. And what I want to do is go to David in the Old Testament. You know, King David. Here's what I can tell you about King David, how David's heart went is how his leadership went. So however his heart went, that's how his leadership would go. His heart was the direction that would determine the depth of his leadership, the quality of his leadership, the dimensions of his leadership, the influence of his leadership, the empowering of his leadership. It all began with his heart. Now, we should know why this is important because number one, it's important to God. God prioritizes 
the heart. Whether I prioritize my heart, whether you prioritize your heart, God prioritizes the heart. And we see this at the very moment that David is going to be uh, pushed into the background, from the background, into the forefront. And what we see is that God says something to the prophet Samuel when he looks at David. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, this is 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature. Now, you have to understand, if you go back in Jewish history, there's some very unique things about David and his physical physique that the Jewish history will tell you. It says, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees. So he's making a comparison. He says the way men look at who's qualified to lead and the way God looks at who's qualified to lead, they're totally different. When it came to David's brothers, they look good. They looked the part. They looked like they were exactly what a leader should look like, except God held up his hand and said, none of them. And he said, none of them, even though they have all the physical attributes that we think of a leader, I don't want any of them. It says, for the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks on the heart. So when it comes to the internals of leadership, what it means is God prioritizes our heart. Therefore, if I'm going to be an effective leader, then I have to prioritize my heart. If I'm going to lead, I have to make sure my heart is right. If I'm going to lead effectively, I've got to make sure that I'm spending time investing in my heart. And so what we know is leadership requires your heart. In fact, in Psalm 78 and verse 72, talking about David, it says he shepherded them or he led them according to the integrity of his heart. And then again, it says, and he led them by the skillfulness of his hands. Now notice what, what is mentioned first, the heart and its development is mentioned before physical skills and their development. It says that he shepherded, he led these people according to the integrity of his heart. And he guided them. He led them according to the skillfulness of his hand. So what God says is, is a leader is skilled on the inside and outside. They have two dimensions. A good leader is skilled on the inside and the outside. Another thing that is just profound about the heart is, is that you can't hide your heart. In Proverbs 27 and verse 19, it says, as in water, Your face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. You can't hide your heart. I did a lesson years ago called uh, Lessons from a Lousy Leader. And in fact, John Maxwell ended up taking that lesson and putting it in his leadership uh, Bible. But that lesson was written because the first characteristic of a leader is that your heart will eventually become what is displayed and known. And it talks about this lousy leader in Luke chapter 16 and how his heart became known. So God prioritizes the heart. Leadership requires the heart. You can't hide your heart and you have to be smart with your heart. We know from Psalm 90 that what Moses said, 
He said, we need to apply our lives to wisdom. What was he saying? He was saying, we need to be smart in our heart. He says, give your heart to wisdom. You've got to be smart in your heart. And so God prioritizes the heart. Leadership requires your heart. You can't hide your heart. Be smart with your heart. But here's next. Take an inventory of your heart. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and if see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What is he talking about? Taking an inventory, being transparent. So God wants to prioritize your heart. Leadership requires your heart. You can't hide your heart. You have to be smart with your heart. And then you have to take an inventory of your heart. And then you have to be in constant reflection of what's going on in your heart. Psalm 19 and verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation, the reflections of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. So here's what we know about David. As David's heart went, that was how his leadership would go. Now, what I can tell you, as our hearts go, that's how our leadership will go. Because that's what the Bible repeatedly brings us back to. So God prioritizes our hearts. We have to. So let's just talk about it. Make it a little bit personal. To lead, you have to guard your heart. To lead, you have to guard your heart. In fact, David sort of doubles down on this with instruction that he had taught Solomon. And in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23, he says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Get this next verse. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it come the forces of life. See, if you're going to lead, you're going to have to do what David taught his son. And that is, if you're going to lead, you're going to have to guard your heart. Now, why did David say this? Why did he say, give attention to my words, incline your ears unto my saying, let them not depart from thy, but keep them in the midst of your heart. Keep your heart. That word keep in verse 23 means to guard. Why did he prioritize guarding your heart? Why? Because your heart defines you. It's just a simple rule of leadership. You do not reproduce what you say. You reproduce what you are. And what you are on the inside is what will eventually be reproduced on the outside. So who you are on the inside eventually gets reproduced on the outside. Leadership is about reproduction. We reproduce ourselves. We take who we are and we duplicate it. So Paul said, follow me. That's his heart. As I follow Christ, that's what's in his heart. See, in his heart was to take everyone on a journey to Christ. 
because that's where his heart was. Follow me because I'm following Christ. And if I'm following Christ and you follow me, you're going to end up following Christ. So why do you guard your heart? Because your heart defines you. But how do you guard your heart? How do we guard that part of us that no one can see? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 talks about how the word of God is a two-edged sword, rightly dividing, that it can begin to divide asunder the spirit and the soul, the joints and the marrow. See, the word of God is the only thing. God is the only one who can truly separate the inside from the outside. But when it comes to protecting your heart, David taught Solomon four skills. And those four skills begin with my son, give attention to my words. If you're going to protect your heart, then you're going to have to protect the entryways to your heart. What are the pathways that get to your heart? The first thing, he says, whatever grabs your attention. It gets in your heart. He says, attend to my word, pay attention to my word. Let my word be what you give attention to. Why did he say that? Because whatever grabs your attention, it gets in your heart. So if if it's something that is an attention getter for you, if it's something that you like paying attention to, if it's something that you really uh, give attention time and time again to, that's going to get in your heart. So whatever grabs your attention gets in your heart. But then he says, incline your ear. Whatever grabs your ear gets in your heart. So whatever grabs your attention gets in your heart, but whatever grabs your ear, whatever you listen to, whatever has your ear, whatever you tune your ear into, that's going to get in your heart. But then he goes on and let it not depart from your eyes. Whatever grabs your eye gets in your heart. So I want you to notice these entry points. What grabs your attention? What grabs your ear? What grabs your eye? All of those are entry points. And David said, that's what you have to protect. That's what he taught Solomon. Protect the entry points of your heart. Watch what grabs your attention. Watch what grabs your ear. Watch what grabs your eye. But then he goes on and he says, and keep them in the midst of your heart. When it says keep whatever grabs your time. So whatever's going to grab your time and occupy your time, it's going to get in your heart. So what David taught Solomon was that there are four entry points to the heart. What grabs our attention, what grabs our ear, what grabs our eyes, and what grabs our time. These are the gateways to your heart. And so as a leader, you have to prioritize these entry points, that you're making them a priority for the things that God says, but you're limiting the priority of those places for what the world says. But many times we pay attention to the world more than we pay attention 
to God's word. We listen to the world more than we listen to God's word. We watch what's going on in the world more than what we watch go on in the kingdom of God. And we spend our time occupied with the world more than we're occupied with God. So these are the gateways. Now, see, it's at this point that you have to make a decision. Are you going to be a victim? Are you going to be a victor? Are you going to be a victim when it comes to these gateway points? Or are you going to become a victor? Now, here's what I can tell you. Most people that are listening to this podcast, you spend a lot of money learning skills of the head. Many of you have spent a lot of money learning skills for your physical body. Some of you work out and you have a very specific eating pattern, exercise pattern, workout pattern. Why? You have spent the time and attention to make sure that you are strong physically. Some of you have spent untold thousands of dollars educating yourself and you've grabbed habits of the head. You know how to learn. You know how to think. You know how to distill information and to get to the most pertinent points of it. But here's the thing. How many of you have learned the habits of the heart? The habits of the heart. See, there are habits that you need to develop in your life for your heart to be good. But again, let's go back. How David's heart was, was how his leadership was. So if my leadership's going to be good, my heart has to be good. But most people, they can tell you physical skills. People have come up to you, I've got this amazing workout plan. I've got this amazing diet. I've got this amazing, and they'll go over. Well, people have come over and say, I read this amazing book. Uh, I'm taking this amazing class. People have all these head skills and they have all these physical body skills. But if I were to ask them, give me your heart skills, most of them would look at me stunned. Well, what are you talking about? The most important part of your life, the part that God prioritizes the most. And if God prioritizes it the most, if God said, I don't look on the outside, I don't look to see whether you're fat and short or you're tall and skinny, whether you're this color or that color. He says, I don't look to your physique. I don't look to your stature, how you process life. If he says, I don't look at those things, but I look at your heart. If that's what he prioritizes, then that's what we have to go with. So we have to learn heart habits. I want to give you a few of them. Really, I started these in a Wednesday night service, and then I had to stop. Because so much of what I want to share is what is going to be taught in the school of leadership. Because I can give you the outline, but I can't walk you through the nuances. But I want to give you the outline so maybe you can learn the nuances. Heart skills. Number one, the habit of quietness. The habit of quietness. The ability to turn down the volume. You know, one of the interesting things is that 
When people want to break down an individual that's captured in war, what they do is they do two things. They turn up the light and they turn up the volume. They turn up the light so they can't sleep and they turn up the volume so they can't think. And unless someone's been trained, they will become sleep deprived and they will become thoughtless in their process and they will literally say whatever. But if you're going to lead, you have to understand the habit of quietness. You have to turn down the volume. When life is loud, you've got to be able to reach over and hit the mute button. In Isaiah 30 and verse 15, it's one of my favorite verses because I've had to learn to do this and you just have to understand my head is always wanting to work and it's always wanting to look at information. But for me to be a leader, I have to learn to quiet my head down. And in Isaiah 30 and verse 15, it says, in quietness and trust, that will be your strength. In quietness, just being quiet, turning down the volume. It's interesting that Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he said, study to be quiet. See, for most people, quietness is a skill they have to learn. That's why you have to study it. It's not a natural skill for most people. So they have to learn it. So can you turn down the volume? When life's loud, can you just reach over and turn down the volume? If you haven't learned that heart skill, I want to invite you to. Again, I wished I had hours to just give you example after example of this, but I'm just trying to put the content in front of you. The next one is the habit of stillness. Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know that I am the Lord. See, quietness, you turn down the volume. Stillness, you turn down the activities. So can you slow the activity feature of your life? Well, I have a hundred things to do. Can you just put that on pause and say, okay, there may be a hundred things I feel I need to do, but there's one thing I have to do. Be still and know that he's God. Do you have that ability to separate activity from priority? Get the thought. Do you have the ability to separate activity from priority? Be still and know that he is God. So the habit of quietness, turning down the volume, the habit of stillness, slowing down your activities. How about the habit of prayer? learning to tune in your heart. Psalm 5, give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. Can you pray yourself where you tune in to God, where you give ear to God. And God's giving ear to you because there's not all the clutter of noise 
an activity. Just learning to tune into God. Just learning to tune into God. The next habit is the habit of waiting. Isaiah 40, verses 30, 31, it says, Wait upon the Lord, and you shall renew your strength. And you shall run and not be weary, and you shall walk and not faint. That word wait is a word that means to conjoin together. It means to bind yourself to. And what it's saying is, is that can you conserve energy? Can you take all the things that are wanting to dominate your energy? And can you conserve them and just focus on just being close to him? The habit of waiting. And the fifth one is the habit of letting go. Now, for some of you, this is real easy. This isn't an easy skill for me. See, I'm a fixer. That means whatever someone gives me, I want to fix it. That means whatever I'm faced with, I want to fix it and make it better. I really do want to fix it. But here's the thing. I have to learn the habit of letting go because some things can only be fixed in God's hands. They can't be fixed in my hands. They can only be fixed by God. They can't be fixed by me. See, if we're going to understand the internals of leadership, it's not just that we understand that God values our heart and we value our heart. It's not just we understand that we have to guard the the entry points to our heart. But we have to wrap our life in the habits of the heart. We have to know the habit of quietness. We have to know the habit of stillness. We have to know the habit of prayer, the habit of waiting, and the habit of letting go. So can you turn down the volume? Can you slow down your activities? Can you tune in to God? Can you conserve your energy and efforts? Can you release the unnecessary? All of those are heart skills. Now, let me go back. Some of you don't go a day without exercising. You have your upper body exercise. You have your lower body exercise. You have the days that you run. You have the days that you bike. You have all these things. But every day, these five things have to be a part of your life. Because you can't live a life with the volume on full blast. You can't live a life if your activities are to the pedal and you're just roaring from one event to another. You can't lead if you haven't learned to tune into God. And you for sure will not last unless you've learned to conserve your energy for what's important. And you're never going to make it if you can't release the unnecessary and put things in the hand of God. Again, I wished... I don't know that I'm going to be able to pull it off, but it is my heart that at the School of Leadership, I'm going to be able to teach skills like this in a very personal and pragmatic way. That's my heartbeat. I want to raise up a generation of leaders that are leading through intention and not through default, that are leading through faith and not just through gift. And I want to encourage you that all of the podcasts 
if you'll just take them and you'll do something other than just listen to them. They offer an opportunity for you to be a highly impactful, influential leader. I want to remind you, August the 8th, August 22nd, Miami on the 8th, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on the 22nd. I want to remind you that you're going to have an opportunity to learn strategic church growth. You're going to be able to implement some thoughts that I think will be helpful. But you've got to sign up for this. This isn't just walk in. you got to be committed to it. So you can go to Gerald Brooks Ministries. And it will give you the possibility of signing up. And for any of you in the North Dallas area that you want to find out about the leadership school, gbsl.org. You can go there. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.